On this prequel episode, we've got our Legally Blonde follow-up polls, we're learning about Katherine Johnson, and previewing Hidden Figures. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, a podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. You know what we're not going to talk about? The thing that everybody's talking about. We're just going to ignore it. Hope you're safe. Hope you're healthy. Let's get into our show. Katie, we have our patron shout outs. I'm going to do them because you do the rest of the stuff in the prequel episodes. Pretty so much. I do the pre- <laughs> I'm going to do the patron shout outs. We have one new patron uh, over the last, uh, since we last did a prequel episode. And that is a $5 level, which I believe is the Newberry? No. Hugo. Hugo Award winner. Uh, and that's uh, Garand, Garand, not sure how to pronounce it, G-A-R-R-A-N-D. Thank you for becoming a patron. We really appreciate it at the $5 level. The bonus content, we're going to have to figure out what to do. Uh, we haven't been to a movie in a while. Yeah. Uh, we we were sick, uh, not with the uh, that which shall not be named, um, at least not that we're aware of, but <laughs> <laughs> probably we're pretty sure just the flu. Yeah. Um, but we were both sick for a couple weeks, uh, and uh, we're we're healthy again now. Um, currently, and we're uh, so we haven't been to the movies, but we I don't know if we will because things they may not be yeah. open. Um, but we'll find something to talk about. We're watching a lot of stuff on Netflix. Uh rewatching some stuff maybe we'll find something to talk about. i've heard tell that some new stuff is getting released on streaming so yeah that might be an option maybe too. we'll find something good to talk about but we know it's been a while and we apologize for that uh, we appreciate everybody who's still supporting us at the five dollar level for that bonus content a couple people have changed totally understand it and and it, it during this time if you need money for other things yeah. absolutely <laughs> Uh, feel free. Absolutely, do not feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah, do not feel bad about either changing your support level or uh, canceling for a while or whatever. That is, we get it and totally cool. Um, don't feel bad or don't feel the need to apologize. Uh, but we appreciate Garand for jumping on at the five dollar level. Garand, I'm gonna go with Garand. Uh, it's like Geralt, but Garand. <laughs> uh, and then our Academy Award winner patrons. We have six of them currently. I'm gonna read through them. They are Gratch. Dot 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 dot. Just Gratch. Gratch changed their name uh, to reflect the way I always read their name. <laughs> so now their actual name is Gratch, just Gratch. Appreciate that uh, that that interactivity, Gratch. Well done. Uh, Corey Cloutier, Shelby Suderman, Mister Nobody. I miss sports ball. That's our person who changes their name uh, routinely. I also miss sports ball, namely hockey. We, a little insider info, uh, Katie and I had uh, (laughs) hockey tickets to the Blues game on March 27th Yeah, uh, with some friends uh, from multiple different cities, and that's not going to happen. So we also are not super happy about, one, I miss watching hockey, and I'll miss baseball when it was going to start, but also, yeah, uh, I'm hoping I get a (laughs) refund for those tickets. Oh. As of currently, I think every fun thing I was looking forward to in the last half of March and April yep. has been canceled. Yep, we were also so. we were also supposed to go to a concert in Chicago at the beginning of April, and that has been rescheduled. At least that one's been rescheduled to the fall, so we'll just go in the fall, and our tickets are still good and everything. Um, so that'll be fine. But uh, yeah, we were supposed to go to Chicago in April. Not mm-hmm. going to happen. We were supposed to go to a Blues game at the end of March. That's not going to happen. Uh, but you know, 
it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, so we we also miss sports. Well, the, uh, we were gonna go to that Blues game with uh, uh, Trevor from the Harry Potter episodes yeah. uh, and his wife, and then one of our other friends. Oh, uh, Sam. Sam, he Sam was on the was podcast. On the podcast yeah. a couple. The times. Uh, if uh, if you the he was on the Last Jedi review episode, and we went to Chicago for that, and he was on the uh, the, the Muppet, Muppet Christmas yeah, the Muppet Carol Christmas episode. Carol. So those were, and then we were gonna go with his girlfriend, uh, him him and his girlfriend Trevor and his wife, and then us two. We were, we had an Airbnb and everything, and. Yep. Yep. Rescheduling that one. <laughs> and then finally, we have Alina Doletkolova, who I believe is our highest uh like all-time support patron because they were the earliest $15 mm-hmm. patron, so you are the champion, the reigning champion. Somebody can unseat her. We'll see. Probably not. <laughs> but who knows. All right, that was it for all of our patrons. We appreciate you all so much, especially, uh, like we said, given the current circumstances, we get it, uh, and we appreciate it even more. So let's move on and talk about our Legally Blonde follow-up polls. All right, so we got um, a good bit of feedback this time. Not Mm -hmm. a ton of actual, like, votes, um, but we got some good comments from people. Um, On Twitter, we had 10 total votes. Eight of them were for the movie. Two of them were for the book. I have some question marks and parentheses in my notes because whoever voted for the book did not defend it or like explain why they voted for the book. A drive-by book supporter. Yeah. So I'm not really sure, you two people out there, if you're listening, (laughs) what? They could not be listeners. They could just be random people that have. They probably are. I know. (coughs) Yeah. Um, and we had some some feedback on Twitter as well. Um, at Eric Rebane. Yep, looks like sounds, Rebane. Sounds right. Yep. Um, said, the movie is better than the book, but the musical is better than both. I've heard good things about I've the I've heard very good things about the musical. I've never seen it. I've heard like some Didn't it like, come to the Fox like last probably. year or two yeah, years ago? I think it was while. a while. The Fox in St. Louis recently. I think it's traveling. So yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard some some bits of the music that I thought was good. Um, my sister really likes it. So has she seen it live or just seen like? I don't on know. YouTube actually, no, she anyways. might have seen it live. I don't know. Um, at Shelby Suderman said, "I had a few thoughts about the movie. I can't tell if the movie is slightly self-aware about the gay stereotyping because Elle's proof that straight guys don't know designers is to ask Warner, who we've established knows nothing. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I want to agree. I don't know if the writer's room was that self-aware. I would say it seems like maybe not, but yeah. who knows? But but who knows? Uh, but other but other times, yes, it's complicated. We discussed it. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, she also said, I don't buy how unprepared Elle was for her first law class. I agree with that. I don't feel like it rings true to her character, which I do totally agree yeah. with. I get why it's in the movie, but I, I, yeah, I agree with... It's that with, character beat yeah. of like, oh, you know, she needs to be like, th- that yeah. down point. To that the, down point, it's the realization that she's going to have to go through a character arc. Right. Step it up, because yeah. what she's been doing isn't going to cut it. But I do agree that it does seem like if she had done all that studying for the LSATs... Mm-hmm. She seems like a, if nothing else, perpetually like um, organized and prepared yes, kind of the, person. She's the kind of character who likes being prepared. Yeah, so a I, very yeah, well organized person. So you wouldn't think that, yeah, they would be. She would be unprepared. But 
Um, Shelby also said, it's too bad Vivian didn't know about the bend and snap during the scene where she went to talk to, to Elle, because this movie would have ended very differently. Hard agree. Hard agree. Hard agree. Very hard agree. Um, and Shelby said, also, and lastly, Allie, Allie Larder rules. Allie Larder, that was her name. I yeah. can't She's as the actress that played Brooke. Yes, and she was in. Oh, now I'm, I'm. I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's. It, I think Stargate. It was either Stargate or uh, somebody's gonna be real mad. It was either Stargate or <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. I think. Um, but she was. And I don't even have my phone to look it up. It's charging. But yeah, she was in one of those. I'm pretty sure. Um, it, some some big sci-fi series mm-hmm. like that. I think it was St- Battlestar. It doesn't matter. Anyways. They're going to uh, come for you in the comments. They're going to come for me. Anyways. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I agree. She does rule. We also had a comment. Um, we had a question, really, oh. from at April Edmansky. Oh. Um, her, who uh, was former guest host. Yes. She was on the Holes episode. This film is it. Um, joined us for that. And a uh, host of No Such Thing as a Bad Movie. Yes. Which if you're looking for another good, fun podcast, go check out No Such Thing as a Bad Movie. And April said... How do you think Elle compares to Cher from Clueless? I see it as an evolution of the character. Cher was determined and fiercely loyal, but not exactly portrayed as smart. And I was really happy to receive that comment. It was really interesting, yeah. While we were recording, I was actually thinking about Clueless and kind of how this movie compares to it. Um, have you ever seen Clueless? I yes, I've seen the whole thing years ago, like mm-hmm. probably like in high school or something, or maybe I guess. Yeah, right around. When did it come out? Do you remember? Like even uh, roughly nineties. Yeah, so <laughs> I I probably saw it in high school once, mm-hmm. but I I've seen bits and pieces since then. Um, but I've seen enough of it to remember a lot about it, or at least a mm-hmm. little bit about it. Um, but yeah, I, I can see. Th- I remember enough about it for this question to be an interesting and yeah, it's, good an, it's question. an interesting question. Um, and. I don't want to dig like too far into it because I would like to potentially talk about Clueless on is the it, podcast. Is it, a book? it is loosely based okay. on Emma by Jane Austen. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I think I read Emma in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I would I would like to I-, I would have to see. I don't know if we could feasibly like if I don't know if it would feasibly work with our format. We might have to like yeah, because it's so loosely yeah, based. Yeah, because it's it's yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a it's a different story at that point when right. you move the setting and the characters that much. Well, maybe that could be a good uh, not to promise anything, but maybe that could be a good patron <laughs> bonus episode yeah, of like a bonus episode of some sort. Yeah. But I do think it would be interesting to talk about. Um, anyway, um, I. Don't think that Cher was portrayed as dumb, like, exactly, but she definitely isn't portrayed as, like, book smart or logical the way that Elle is, because Elle is portrayed as very, like, logical and very sharp, Um, and Cher, I don't think, is portrayed as intelligent in that way. Yeah. Um, I think Elle's character is a definite improvement on the dumb blonde trope subverted or otherwise yeah um i do think that both characters arcs are about maturity and emotional intelligence at least to a degree Um, but i think that l's story is more like quote unquote accidentally woke like we discussed Mm -hmm. um 
it also doesn't hurt that Legally Blonde doesn't flirt around with an incest storyline. It's <laughs> fair. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it is. I think it is a really good point and a really good question because it's definitely there is a, there's, a similarity there. There's a similarity and there's a definite like evolution and a step up in the way that the two characters are portrayed. Yeah, for sure. And um, it it's. Like from my memory, I think you're right that at least I don't think um, Cher mm-hmm. is is portrayed particularly dumb, but she doesn't get it is in this, in in what April's talking about here. There is definitely an evolution in the sense that it's a step beyond like not only is she not like dumb, yeah. but she's like actively intelligent in certain yeah. ways that are like more apparent from my memory of uh, uh, what you might call it uh, clueless. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's really yeah. That is an interesting idea. I think there's a there's like a the, there's like a paper there. There's yeah, like there's a, a thesis there. There's something there. <laughs> like if you wanted to go to college and write a paper about that, it would be you could write a pretty good paper about it. So, for when I first saw that question, my dumb sexist brain was like, oh man, Reese Witherspoon played both of those characters, <laughs> and I was like, no, no that's Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone. <laughs> Bad girl. <laughs> Who didn't, what, did you say, was she one of the actresses considered for I don't Elle, remember. I'd I have to go look at my notes. I, it's I might possible. be thinking of somebody else that you listed. It's possible, but I don't I don't remember that. Yeah. I remember uh, Cameron Diaz and I think um, somebody else, but she may Sarah have been. Sarah Michelle Geller was one of the. Yes, the people it was Sarah Michelle Geller, and then uh, uh, Cameron Diaz, and then somebody else. I yeah. think. but it may have been. But I don't. I don't like I said. I, I mean, she makes know. sense. She would make sense. Yeah, because it is period, not yeah. a far cry from. Yeah, it's Sharon, it's so. not a huge leap. No, I mean it. It is in some senses in how the character is portrayed, yeah. but also not. But not. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, everybody. For oh wait, oh, we, we got Facebook. Facebook. I forgot about Facebook. And almost. we have Facebook on Facebook. We currently have five bo- five votes, but Facebook is dumb. I hate Facebook, and it changed the end date on my poll without consulting me. And now I can't see how many votes are actually in each category. Wait, that can't possibly. Wait, what? It doesn't show you. When it, it ends, tells, it doesn't show you? No, it hasn't ended yet is the problem. Oh. The poll is still going until like Sunday because I always set it. I, I set up the polls on Friday. Yeah, Friday. And I set it to go on Facebook for three days until Sunday. And for some reason, when I did it this time... It like reset itself to the to like the default, oh, which is okay. a week. A week, gotcha. So it's still going. Oh, okay, so you can't see it yeah, until so it I ends. can see that we have five votes, but I can't see how many are for the book and how many are for the movie. My guess is five for the movie. That is also <laughs> my guess, but I'm also annoyed because in addition to this, Facebook seems to have gotten rid of the option to do a poll on their mobile app. So I had to log into Facebook on my computer at work to do this poll and i didn't like it fair enough let's read the response anyway, let's read the comments we had some comments um ray said i absolutely love the movie but even as a kid i was confused by the gay men no designers straight men don't logic and then gross in parentheses <laughs> still quite entertaining all around and also i'd want to murder someone if i had been named chutney Yep. Which I think is an unexplored motive of yep. Chutney's character. Yes. Yeah, for sure. We don't know who named her, if it was her yes. mother or her father. But if it yep. was her father, totally get it. It's Chutney, 
who gets bad perms on purpose for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because her name's Chutney. Probably. <laughs> um, Alexis said, to me, the writing in the book occasionally felt like the author hated women slashed feminists, like not sincerely, but what's that's what the writing felt like. And I have to agree with yeah, that Yeah, we talked about that a yeah. little bit in the episode. You brought it up when we were describing the um, the, the, the to what was the token feminist Sorry, character yes, not Chutney, in um, the story. Who I thought was Chutney. The, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, what's her name? I don't remember. I don't remember her name either. She's in the movie. She's the one in the circle when they're introducing yeah. each other who says she has like a women's studies degree or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that character. And the author's description of her not is so mean. Yeah, not flattering. It's like one of the meanest things I've ever read. So yeah. I would have to agree with that assessment as well. Yeah. Um, and finally, Jennifer said, what, like it's hard, is my go-to answer for anything even remotely fitting. For this alone, I vote movie. That's a great line. Yeah, it is. It's a great line. All right, that's it for all our feedback. We appreciate it so much. Uh, we had a ton of really good feedback this time, and that's that's awesome. So if you want to do that, you can go follow us on all social media, primarily Facebook and Twitter is where we get all these comments from, but you can follow mm -hmm. us on Instagram, and if we get any good comments there, we'll read them. We usually, I, we usually don't get a bunch of comments. But you Instagram, can, but yeah. yeah. I will read them on yeah. the episode if, they, if yeah. they pop up. And we do have an Instagram feed that has all the same kind of posts that we put on Twitter and Instagram, or Twitter and Facebook. So that's it for that. We're going to go ahead and do our learning things segment. And what we're learning about is Katherine Johnson. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Um, so Katherine Johnson was an American mathematician who uh, famously calculated and analyzed the flight paths of many spacecraft um, during her more than three decades tenure with the U.S. space program, um, and I think most famously known for her work that helped to send astronauts to the moon. Yep. Um, so Katherine Johnson um, was born in West Virginia in 1918. Um, she passed very recently, very recently, um, February 24th, 2020. Yeah. Um, at only a little shy of 102. Yeah. Which she is lived a incredible. Heck of a life. Yeah. Um, so she was um, a precocious child, very intelligent. Um, she actually was able to skip ahead several grades in school, um, started attending high school um, at 13 on the campus of the historically black West Virginia State College. Um, she actually enrolled in the college itself at 18, um, where she kind of blasted through the school's math curriculum, um, unsurprisingly. Mm -hmm. um, so she graduated college with highest honors, um, took a job teaching um, at a school in Virginia, which I've, I've read maybe like 10 chapters of the book Hidden Figures. Um, so according to that book, it was a very common profession for college-educated black people at that time period. Mm -hmm. um, so she took a job teaching... Um, and then a couple years later, um, she was selected along with two men to be the first black students to be offered spots at, um, West Virginia University in their graduate program. Um, so she went and she did a little bit of that, um, ultimately decided to leave that program to start a family with her first husband. 
Um, however, um, when her kids got a little older in 1953, she went to work at the all-black West Area Computing Section of the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Aeronautics. Aeronautics, okay. yeah. Um, NACA in their Langley, Langley Laboratory. That was the precursor to NASA. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she worked there for a while. She worked there in like a temporary position at first, um, which eventually became a permanent position. Um, then in 1957, Sputnik went up, changed history, mm-hmm. changed her life right along with it. Um, so a, a group of engineers from Langley ended up forming the core of the Space Task Group, which was... Um, I don't know if actually if people called it the NACA or if they called it NACA. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out when we watch the movie. Yeah, we may see in the movie. Um, But anyway, that was um, that organization's first official foray into space travel. Maybe they used a soft C and it was NASA still. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a soft C? Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can never remember hard and soft sometimes because for me, like certain letters, it seems backwards, like hard G versus soft G. I don't even want to talk about yeah, hard G versus soft G. Let's get no G. Oh, no, you mean. Yeah, all right. Anyway. Um, so anyway, um, Johnson um, went along with that program. So she was um, part of that when NACA or NASA mm-hmm. became NASA. NASA. The National Aeronautics <laughs> yeah. Space Administration. Um, later on that year. You, I didn't see any note in here, but just in case people wonder, so what the position she was in, from what I know, was uh, she was a computer, quote unquote. Yes. And that is where the term computer yeah. comes from, is that they it were was, people. It was a job description yeah, before it's like it was accountant. an object. Yeah. It's like if an accountant became a machine and we called that machine <laughs> accountant, accountant uh, that is what, or like accountants, that is what computers were. They yeah. did the math and then computers, the machines started doing that and... For That's like the full them. first chapter of Hidden Figures, she keeps referring to these women as computers. Yeah. And I was sitting there like Man, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> they just refer to them as computers yep. all the time. Yep. And then I was like, Oh. Yep. It was a job first. That was what it was. <laughs> yep. That was they were computers. Yeah. And then computers became computers. Yeah, so that's an interesting, interesting little tidbit. Yep. Um, so uh, while Johnson was working for NASA, she did quite a bit of amazing work. Um, she did traje- trajectory analysis for Alan Shepard's 1961 Mission Freedom 7. Um, she co-authored a report that laid out the equations describing an orbital space flight in which the landing position of spacecraft is specified. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's at least partially thanks to her that we can land a spacecraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> kind of important. Yeah. Her tenure also marked the first time the, um, a woman in the flight research division had received credit as the author. Of a research report. Yeah, I had. I think I might have a note in my movie. I can't remember. I saw. I was reading about that when I was reading through movie stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. That specific credit. Um, and then in 1962, as NASA was preparing for the orbital mission of John Glenn, um, that was when she was called upon to do the work that she would become most known for. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the computers had programmed, the, we're talking about computer, the object, the object now yeah. at this point. Um, the object computer, um, computers had been programmed with the orbital equations that would control that trajectory um, from liftoff to splashdown. Yep. But the astronauts were kind of like, eh. Specific, I don't know. Specifically John Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit leery of of the computers because they were prone to yeah. errors, to blackouts. They're very new technology yeah. at this point, yeah. Um, not like the stuff that we have today, which yeah. is not necessarily not prone to errors, but... No, but it's... But back then it was much more the case. Yeah. As part of the pre-flight checklist before this mission, um, Glenn asked engineers to, quote, get the girl, mm-hmm. meaning Johnson, um, to run the same numbers through the same equations that had been programmed into the computer, but to do it by hand. Okay, And as she recalls him saying, if she says they're good, then I'm good to go. Yeah. So, um, pretty incredible. Um, that flight was a success, marked a huge turning point in the space race between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. Um, that's that's probably the thing that she's most known for. Yeah, uh, like it, that's like the famous story, and it is I know a big focal point of this movie. I don't know if you've gotten there in the book. No, I haven't. But I am aware that that is a specific. John mm-hmm. Glenn is a a character in this movie and this particular scene because it is such like a pivotal sort of yeah and it's such like a good story like it's like a good like yeah you know it has that all the makings of a of a good story that yeah it, it's it's one of the sort of big moments of the film um in addition to that um she also worked on the calculations that helped to cinch project apollo's lunar module with the sink sink Sorry. Oh, yeah, it does say sync. Um, Sync Lunar Apollo's lunar module with the Lunar Orbiting Command and Service module, Mm -hmm. um, as well as the Space Shuttle and Earth Resources Technology Satellite. um, And she also authored or co-authored 26 research reports, which is a lot of research. A lot of research. (laughs) Um, She retired in 1986. um, And then in 2015... She was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is America's highest civilian honor. Yeah, by Obama. Yes. Um, I tried... Which, why the <laughs> fuck did it take so long I know. for that? Well... <laughs> it's insanity. Well... We, we know why. We know why. We but know why. still, Jesus. <laughs> um, so I tried to find um, anything about like her reaction to the movie... Did you find anything? I have one quote. I don't know. I have one I don't, quote. Is it the same thing that I have? Uh, no, it's okay. slightly different. Um, it's a different quote. I didn't look super hard, to be fair, but I, I couldn't find much of anything. Um, I did find one article that said she seemed somewhat indifferent to the fuss surrounding the feature film. She apparently told the New York Times, I shudder. In reference to having heard that the screenwriters might have made her character a tiny bit aggressive. Yeah. Um, she apparently said, I was never aggressive. Yeah. Um, then they also followed that up by saying that she ended up liking the finished film, at least according to the author of the book. So. My quote also references, or it's not a quote, but my the thing I found also references yeah. her liking it. So, so Catherine Johnson, yeah. long, incredible life just super fascinating Mm -hmm. and it's really 
cool that I, I mean, if nothing else, and I have some stu- some kind of notes about this in my in the movie facts that I'll get to is, regardless of anything else about how the movie is, the fact that it and the book that it that it sort of brought her into the spotlight, yeah, is you know worthwhile even if the movie was terrible or like if the book mm-hmm. was terrible whatever you know or has all these flaws or anything and and by all regards it's not the case for either of them but uh it is still really cool to sort of put the spotlight on somebody who's just <laughs> such a badass and just yeah. nobody knew about like i ne- i knew a lot i i had i i i knew i could probably have named you when i was a teenager named you a dozen astronauts or, you know, more and, and all these different people and even people that, cause I like, I loved Apollo 13. I loved mm-hmm. the right stuff. All these movies about space. I was really into space. Thought it was super cool. Like I think I mentioned before, I like really wanted to go to space camp. Just everything about space. I thought was super awesome. Never heard of her until, you know, yeah. 2015, 2016, yeah. whatever. And it's, it's a crime and it's, uh, it's sad that it took so long, but it is, it is at least nice that she did finally. And, and while she was still alive. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't the only one. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But, you know, she's the most prominent one, at mm-hmm. least. So, All right. That's it for our Learning Bank segment about Katherine Johnson, a true American hero. Let's go ahead and talk about Hidden Figures, the book. We all going to end up unemployed riding around in this pile of junk. You're welcome to walk the 16 miles. Oh, sit in the back of the bus. Like me up. You have identification on it? NASA, sir. NASA. I had no idea they hired. There are quite a few women working in the space program. Least I can do is give y'all an escort. Three Negro women are chasing a white police officer down the highway in 1961. That is a God-ordained miracle. All right, so the book is Hidden Figures, The American Dream and the Untold Story of the Black Women Who Helped Win the Space Race. Bit wordy. So they nixed that subtitle yeah. for the movie. I mean, I, I think it's a, you can, that's a, a good, you can do that with a subtitle. Yes. And I think it works. Yeah. And I think it works in this instance because it is, especially when it's something specific like this, mm-hmm. uh, that is like this, you're like, oh, wow. Like it really catches your attention, but it is a, is a little bit long. You wouldn't, couldn't put bit. that on a movie poster No, you couldn't put that on a movie poster. Because it's like, it's like Dr. Strangelove. Like yeah. that's what everybody, that's what's yeah. on the poster. We don't have, uh, or how I stopped or how I learned to stop worrying and start loving about whatever the, whatever the whole title is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is a 2016 nonfiction book written by American author, um, Margot Lee Shetterly. Um, uh, there's also a young readers edition of this book. Oh, that's cool. Um, as well as a picture book. That was released in 2018. Um, so Shetterly began work on this book in 2010. Um, did what I can only assume was a massive amount of research. Yeah. Um, her father was actually a research scientist at NASA who had worked with many of the book's main subjects. Well, hopes, yeah. yeah, so she did a lot of like interviews yeah. and things like that. Um, So this biographical text follows the lives of Katherine Johnson, of course, um, as well as Dorothy Vaughn and Mary Jackson, Mm -hmm. um, who uh, all three of them were mathematicians who worked as computers. Very good Um, image in here. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. 
jump that gun. Yes. Um, at NACA and then at NASA during mm-hmm. the space race. Um, also featured in the text is Christine Darden. I don't know if she's featured in the movie or not. I don't know. Um, but she was the first African-American woman to be promoted into the senior executive service for her work researching supersonic flight and sonic booms. Huh. Um, the book reached number one on the New York Times nonfiction bestsellers list. It also won a handful of awards. Um, it won the Anisfield Wolf yeah. Anisfield Wolf Book Award for nonfiction. Um, the Black Caucus of American Library Association Best Nonfiction Book, the NAACP Image Award Best Nonfiction Book, and the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine Communication Award. Um, and I have my last thing here is a quote from a review by bookreporter.com, which reads, Restoring the truth about individuals who were at once black women and astounding mathematicians in a world that was constructed to stymie them at every step is no easy task. Shutterly does it with the depth and with the depth and detail of a skilled historian and the narrative aplomb of a master storyteller. There you go. So, high praise. High praise indeed. All right, that was it for Hidden Figures of Book. Let's go ahead and talk about the movie. We have liftoff. We all get there together. We don't get there at all. In the fight of our lives, people. My gals are ready. We can do the work. More than 50 million Americans watching. I got a warning light. Go find Catherine. Colonel Glenn. There's a real fireball outside. It's getting a little hot in here. So, Hidden Figures is a 2016 film directed by Theodore, Mel- Theodore Melfi, who has not really done a whole lot. Uh, he has some stuff kind of in production, but uh, his big movie before this one was St. Vincent, which I believe has... Uh, um, it has Bill Murray in it, and I want to say um, oh, uh, Melissa McCarthy, potentially. Uh, I don't even know anything about it, but I saw the poster, and I saw them, and I was like, okay. Uh, but, I, yeah. Um, the screenplay is by Allison Trey, and we'll talk more about Melfi. Uh, probably in the main episode, there are some quotes. Mm-hmm. I didn't put them in here. Uh, there was some criticism. We talked. It was mentioned on social media about some of the white savior tropes and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. And there was some criticism and the, he had a response to some of that criticism. This was all on the Wikipedia article that I saw. And, uh, well, his response wasn't great. I'll just say that, right. uh, but we'll talk about that in the main episode. Yeah. I'll I, I do want to address yeah. that in the main episode yeah. to the best of our abilities. Yep. Uh, the screenplay was re- uh, adapted by Allison Schrader, uh, who wrote on Christopher Robin, uh, Mean Girls 2, probably a directed <laughs> DVD or TV or whatever. An amazing feat of filmmaking, Mean yeah. Girls 2. And then she was credited uh, for additional screenplay material on Frozen 2. So hmm. I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, That's some sort that of screenwriter's either. guild thing, but whatever. That could be like a punch up. Thing. I, I have yeah. no idea what that means. But uh, And Theodore Malfi was also involved in writing it. Uh, adapting it. Uh, so Allison Schrader, uh, who is the main uh, screenwriter, she grew up near Cape Canaveral and her grandparents actually worked at NASA and she interned at NASA as a teenager. So mm-hmm. she's felt that this was kind of the perfect project for her. Uh, she was quoted as saying, 
I'm not going to get into it here, but the historical accuracy part on Wikipedia is most of the Wikipedia article. Uh, I don't want to spoil like my was that in the book segment, so I'm not going to go through it because I assume the book is much more accurate because it is mm-hmm. a nonfiction book. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to that kind of thing. Um, so but I didn't read through it. Just suffice to say it is Legion. Uh, and there is apparently quite a few issues with uh, the things that were changed for the movie. Um, and we'll talk about how uh, sometimes that is definitely you. If you're doing a nonfiction adaptation, there's definitely ways to do that that are really good and make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 probably the main ones that happen a lot that make sense is reducing numerous people down to like, like a, a person of people, or a yeah. handful of people. Like this person represents all these people. Like yeah. because you can't have 168 characters in your movie, so. The, the, this this group of scientists is sort of represented by this person or this mindset within this movie, you know. Yeah. During like the racists in this movie are represented by this whatever, like you know, it, you kind of have to do things like that in a film just so you don't have too many characters. But we'll we'll talk about that more in the actual main episode. So because the subject matter uh, of the film uh, is what it was about, uh, black women in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Being this integral part of uh, NASA and the space race, uh, a bunch of charity screenings were held for certain groups, and it became like this big thing. Uh, there was a collaborative effort between Western New York STEM Hub, uh, STEM standing for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and then it's also been expanded to STEAM more recently, but this is STEM, which adds arts. Um, AT and T and the Girl Scouts of America, which, if you're going to support. A, a group of scouts support the Girl Scouts, and that's coming from a former Boy Scout. <laughs> Fuck the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Let them die. Uh, support the Girl Scouts. They're awesome. Uh, and they allowed more than 200 Buffalo Public School students, Girl Scouts, and teachers to see the film for free. And that weren't, wasn't the only one. There was a bunch of different ones, and I'll talk about it a little bit here. Uh, the, the principal actors in the film, um, Henson, uh, uh, Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monet, and uh, Jim Parsons, who plays, uh, you probably, most people probably know him as a, uh, What's his name from Big oh, Bang Theory? Sheldon. Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. He's one of the main characters. And director Melfi uh, and and other people. Um, they offered free screenings to the movie at cinema uh, cinemas around the world. Some of the screenings were open to everybody. Others were sort of specifically arranged to benefit like girls and women and underprivileged and minority groups and that sort of thing. Um, uh, the, it became it began as like an individual thing by Spencer. Uh, and then it made it ended up growing so much that it it showed up in like more than fifteen hundred seats for the film over the course or all around the world, free of charge to poor families and all that sort of thing. And the end result was um, more screenings for people who otherwise might not have been able to see the movie or afford it um, in Atlanta, in Washington D.C., in Chicago, in Houston, and in, in Hazelwood, Missouri, which is like literally like ten minutes from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I'm from Florissant originally, uh, and Hazelwood is right across. They were our uh, Hazelwood was one of my my high school's rival high school was Hazelwood Central. So, oh, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, uh, and then also in Norfolk uh, and Virginia Beach in Virginia. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is 93% fresh. Uh, I got some reviews here, and I think these are interesting. Uh, these first ones are just like more positive, and then we have some that are a little bit more critical, but. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll get into it. Ty Burr of the Boston Globe wrote, The film's made with more heart than art and more skill than subtlety, and it works primarily because of the women that it portrays and the actresses who portray them. 
Best of all, you come out of the moving no- movie knowing who Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson are, and so do your daughters and sons. And I thought that was really, it's kind of like I mentioned earlier, like, mm-hmm. despite any flaws in the film, the highlight, what it's highlighting, and, and the fact that if you take your kids to see this movie, you know, or whoever, yeah. it's just like, it has a really important message and really shines yeah. a spotlight on people that deserve a, sh- a spotlight shown on them. And the fact that it did them. get so big and so many people did see it and yeah. talked about it is incredible because so often movies like this get kind of shuffled under yeah. the rug. Well, they, I, this this is kind of right in that... I, I would argue that this is kind of right in that prime like Oscar bait I don't because of those with sort that. of white yeah. savory like this is yeah. this is the green book of that year. Pretend, I don't want to say that. That may not be fair. I haven't seen this movie and I also <laughs> haven't seen Green Book, but based on criticisms that I've heard that, you know, this kind of can slide into that like comfortable criticism of racism that like white Hollywood is like cool with mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, maybe again, I maybe. haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm just saying that that could be levied potentially. Um, uh, Eric Cohen of IndieWire argues that the film, and this is what we're just talking about quote, trivializes history as a hagiogra I don't know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> Do you know how to pronounce that word? Hagiographic? Uh, hagiographic? Hagio- I don't know. Hagiographic? H-A-G-I-O-G-R-A-G-F-I-C. Hagiographic? Hagiographic. I meant to look it up because I saw this. I was like, I don't know that word. And then I forgot. The film trivializes history as a hagiographic tribute to its brilliant protagonists. It doesn't dig into the essence of their struggles. Hmm. It's kind of you know, reinforcing what we mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. like potentially not focusing on some of the more important aspects of the issues that these women went through at the time. While also probably my guess without having seen the movie is that it over does some of it. Like it makes some of it overt and like yeah. it does the, it does the, this is racism. It's bad, but like also doesn't quite d- dig in to the, <laughs> The actual struggle as much as you should. Uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I don't know. Like I said, we haven't seen it yet. So. I have an answer. What? It's hagiography. Hagiography. And what and does that mean? It is in reference to the writing and critical study of the lives of the saints. Okay. Realizes <laughs> history as a hagiographic tribute. Okay. Because them being the saints, I guess. Yeah. Like, okay. It doesn't take it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right. Uh, we're almost done here. It was nominated for three Oscars uh, for Best Motion Picture, Best Actress in Supporting Role for Octavia Spencer, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Didn't win any of those. Uh, it won a bunch of other awards, though, like dozens and dozens and other smaller award, you know, mm-hmm. not the Oscars. Uh, it did win the SAG Award for Cast Performance. Uh, the African American Films Critics Association awarded it Best Ensemble, Best Breakout Performance for Janelle Monet, but it in on IMDb in that category, it said for Moonlight, which she was also in Moonlight this year. Oh. And I'm wondering if it was like a for both of them, mm-hmm. like best breakout performance because she was in both these movies yeah. this year. Maybe I don't know, but it did say specifically for Moonlight, but it was listed under this movie. So I, I, I whatever. Um, best song and uh, this particular the African Americans Films Critics Association does like a top ten films awards, mm-hmm. and it got third. In nice. that list for them. Um, and a but ton of other awards that it was nominated for and won. Like, I would, it would, I would be reading all day if I went through all of them. There was like 100 or something. Now we're moving on to the IMDb trivia, which, as I always mention, uh, is, you know, maybe not the most reliable thing, but we'll talk about it. 
when Taraji B, uh, P. Henson signed on for the lead role, she actually met uh, Catherine Johnson, who at the time was 98, year old, 98 years old, to discuss the character. Henson learned that Johnson had graduated from high school at 14, which he mentioned in college at 18, and was still like just as smart. And this is what everybody has ever said that who's talked to her later in her life is that even at 98, she was just like she was whip smart and like mm-hmm. completely there all the way to the end. Um, after the film was screened, and this is the like not quote, but this is the reception from Johnson that I found. Johnson expressed genuine approval of Henson's portrayal of her, but wondered why anybody would want to make a film about her life. <laughs> Which it's like, imagine being that humble. And now maybe yeah. maybe that was a little bit of tongue in cheek. Who yeah. knows? Or maybe she's just truly that. <laughs> Sort yeah. of, because, like... I mean, I guess if if you just think of yourself as, like... I mean, I just did the math. I was just a math you know, person. Yeah. Like, I wasn't on the spaceship. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Yeah, it's still wild to me that, yeah. During one scene, uh, and this is just a little little tidbit. If you're watch, if you haven't watched the movie, if you're going to rewatch it for the, for the episode. During one scene with Jim Parsons' character, he's speaking to NASA engineers in the space task group, which you mentioned earlier. And one of the extras in these engineers is played by Mark Armstrong, who is the son of Neil Armstrong. Just nice. like a little cameo. Uh, and you you mentioned when Katherine Johnson died and that she was alive when this film came out. At 98, Katherine Johnson was the only survivor of the three main characters in this movie to see her achievements depicted on film. In 2015, as you mentioned, Barack Obama awarded her Presidential Medal of Freedom for her work at NASA. And then she was further honored the following year. Uh, with a 40,000-square-foot NASA building named the Catherine G. Johnson Computational Research Facility. Nice. And finally, Catherine Johnson passed away, as you mentioned, on February 24th, 2020, at 101 years old. So there you go. Those are all the movie facts that I got. Some of them were book facts a little bit. <laughs> Slash real-life facts, I guess, more more aptly. Yeah. But, um... I'm really excited for this one. Me too. Uh, I want. I had wanted to see it when it came out. It was just one of those ones. There's so many movies I want to see when they come out. And I just never do because bad at going to see movies. But uh, I am really excited to watch this one, uh, and especially interested to see how it compares because I am such a, a fan of NASA and space travel and all that stuff. I'm really interested to see how it compares to like the real life events from mm-hmm. the book, b- assuming the book is more accurate because it's quote unquote nonfiction. Uh, so yeah, that should be fun. Um, but yeah, if you want to check that out, you can come back in one week's time. We'll talk about hidden figures. Until that time, you can do us a giant favor. Go on to iTunes uh, or anywhere else you listen to our podcast. You can follow if you're listening to us on Spotify. You can follow us if you're listening to us on iTunes. Subscribe, give us a five star rating, drop us a review. All that stuff really helps uh, gets our name out there even more, which is awesome. You can also support us on Patreon if we want, like you mentioned at the beginning. But you don't have to. Whatever, do it's all good. You get it. Uh, and you can follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, uh, and Reddit. Uh, just search for This Film Is Lit on all those platforms, and you should be able to find us. And you can interact with us, send us movie recommendations, book recommendations, uh, comment on the polls, all that kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll read them if they're good. And I think that's it. Until next time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And keep being awesome.